and excited about God's hand on this church and where he is taking it. Praise the Lord. And uh, God, last night, uh, gave and laid something on my heart as far as the message is concerned, and I didn't corroborate or have any speech or talk with uh, Pastor Camarena. About, uh, he never, of course, gives me any uh, idea of what to do or what to preach. None of the pastors do. And I thank God for that liberty in the pulpit. Amen. And uh, it is our privilege and pleasure to be here today. Uh, but I have something from the Lord. And um, I want you to turn, if you would love, to uh, Isaiah, the 57th chapter. Isaiah chapter 57. And the first verse. Thank God. Hallelujah. My, my, my. What a glorious presence of God. You know, this would be a beautiful atmosphere to receive the Holy Ghost. Oh, This would be a great morning to get renewed in God, to rededicate your life in God's steps. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. I thank God I can get renewed. I need that renewal. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. Isaiah chapter 57. And uh, the first verse. And Isaiah wrote, verse 1, The righteous perisheth, and no man layeth it to heart. Merciful men are taken away, and none considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. <clears throat> he shall enter into his peace. They shall rest in their beds, each one walking in his uprightness. But draw near hither, you sons of sorceresses, and seed of the adulterer and the whore, against whom do you sport yourselves, against whom make ye a wide mouth and draw out the tongue? Are ye not children of transgression, a seed of falsehood, inflaming yourselves with idols under every green tree, and slaying the children in the valleys under the cliffs of the rocks? Among the smooth stones of the stream is thy portion. They are thy lot, even to them hast thou poured a drink offering, Thou hast offered a meat offering. Should I receive comfort in these? Upon a lofty and high mountain hast thou set thy bed, even thither wentest thou up to offer sacrifice. Behind the doors also in the post hast thou set up thy remembrance, for thou hast discovered thyself to another than me. And art gone up, thou hast enlarged thy bed, and <clears throat> made thee a covenant with them. Thou lovest their bed where thou sawest it, and thou wentest to the king with ointment, and didst increase thy perfumes, and didst send thy messengers far off, and didst debase thyself even unto hell. Thou art weary in the greatness of thy way, yet saidest thou not, there is no hope. Thou hast found the life of thine hand, therefore thou wast not grieved. And I want to preach about being lost by the life of your hand. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer where we stand. Let's ask him to have his way. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for this wonderful house of God where your name is. We thank you for this wonderful people of your name, this church. We thank you for this pastor's wife and family. Thank you for the elders. Thank you for every friend and seeker. Amen. Of the church, everybody here today. We're asking you, Lord, to speak to our heart of hearts. We pray that the richness and glory and salvation of Christ Himself shall dwell and abide in our hearts. 
spirits and minds. In Jesus' name, pour out your spirit, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Thank God. I want to read another place uh, in the Word of God. And uh, that is where Paul, the apostle, was, was talking to the men, the philosophers that he found in Athens and Greece in the ancient world. And, of course, they sat around doing nothing but trying to find the name or the teaching of some new religion, some new God. And so passing through, he says in verse 23, Acts 17, For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship him, declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And it's made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Amen. That 26th verse in the Amplified Version text reads like this. He hath made from one common origin, <clears throat> one source, one blood, all nations of men to settle on the face of the earth, having definitely determined their allotted periods of time and the fixed boundaries of their habitations, their settlements, lands, and abodes. i got news for you. God is in charge. He's in charge. Hallelujah. He sets up one king, pulls him down, and pulls another. Come on. We are not in charge. God, amen, holds destiny and the future. Praise the Lord. Amen. In his hands. I want to read you that 10th verse. Just bear with me of Isaiah 57 again. Where the King James has said, You're weary in the greatness of your way, yet you saidest not, there's no hope. Thou hast found the life of thine hand, therefore thy, thou wast not grieved. And the Amplified verse reads like this, You were weary with the length of your way and trying to find rest and satisfaction in alliances apart from the true God. Yet you did not say there is no result or profit. You found quickened strength. Therefore, you were not faint or heart sick or penitent. Amen. God uses and allows all things of life. Amen. To come into an individual soul's life. Amen. For the purpose of bringing them to a place. Amen. Of coming to his feet and his knowledge, his revelation, and his so great a salvation. The history of this text in Isaiah, and just allow me to go back here so we have a full revelation, hopefully, amen, of this here. Israel was in a state of departure from God. They were into idol worship, many of them, not all, but many. They were departing from the living God and serving, amen, statues, heathen idols, Amen. Forsaking the living God. And uh, there was a threat that was looming against them of uh, the greatest empire at that time in the world. I think it was uh, either Assyria or Babylonian. Amen. That were threatening them. The greatest world power, greatest world military power at the time. 
facing them and looming its great shadow over them, uh, about to sweep them off the planet and replace them in a different land. They had already wiped out and slaughtered every other kingdom around them and before them and displaced their people and traded and moved these people over here and moved these people over there. There might be complete lords uh, over them who had survived their onslaught. Hello. And so because of this looming national crisis and this threat, amen, that would border on extinction, amen, they were hurriedly sending messengers, we read it in the text, amen, to go to other kings and kingdoms that they could send soldiery, they could send help, amen, to help Israel or Judah here defend themselves against this great, awesome foreign power that had come against them. And yet God reminds them that they had been the children of sorceresses. Amen. They had been the children of the whore and, amen, of the adulterer. Amen. They had, amen, been the people, amen, whose parents had murdered children in offerings, amen, to heathen idol gods. Amen. They had poured out drink offerings and meat offerings on the stones of the brooks and worshipped heathen gods in the clusters of trees or the groves on the mountainside and it departed from the living God and their way was a difficult way their way was amen a hard path the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard amen it is full of obstacles it is full amen of great sorrow it is full of crushing circumstance amen he said you are wearied in the greatness of your way you have gone to great lengths you have gone to great extents, amen, to try to secure covenants and leagues with other nations and kingdoms. Amen. You have wasted a lot, amen, of temple funds in the king's treasury, amen, to try to buy and secure, amen, the help of this kingdom and this nation, amen, that you might withstand against, whether it was Assyria or Babylonia, I'm not for sure right now. But anyway, you've done all this, and, uh, and yet you have lived, amen, under the curse. Uh, under sin, under departing from the living God that brought you up out of Egypt. Amen. You are wearied. Amen. In the greatness of your way. Yet you said not, there is no hope. For you have found the life of your hand. Amen. What God was telling them through the prophet Isaiah was that you found that inner resource, that inner strength, that inner part of a human soul's being. Come on, we are made in the image of God. And the strongest, amen, force and power and drive within any individual who's made in the image of God, who is life, who is eternal life, who is everlasting life, is to live. I got to live. Amen. It's put the deep cushion of our soul. I got to survive. I got to make it. I got to live somehow. Come on. God said you found the life of your hand. You found that inner motivational factor that came from the mirrored image of God itself. And I'm going to make a way. I don't care how hard it gets or how crushing. Amen. Life may become. I am going to find, amen, resource and a new spring of hope and a new spring of something else to hope in. Come on. 
Come on. God was angry with his people because they kept turning from to God, to God, to he, heathen idol, to heathen idol, to one thing, to another, to making one league with one nation or another nation. You're running all over the place. Amen. You're trying to secure your, your path. You're trying to secure your life under this threat here. Amen. You're weary in the greatness of your way, yet you've said not there is no hope. Amen. God means things to bring us to a place. Come on, everybody. Will we call on Him? Will we cry out to Him? He didn't want us to turn over an unbelief. He doesn't want us to look into another philosophy. He doesn't want us to look into another world religion. Come on. He doesn't want to look us, have us to look at another philosophy. Amen. Just find something else. Amen. That will trigger every hope and the life response of our spirit. said there's no result or no profit in these things that I've sought and what I've tried to do. You found quick and strength. Therefore, you were not faint. You were not heartsick, or you were not penitent. You didn't come to me. You didn't repent. You didn't turn to the living God. God through the prophet Jeremiah Amen has a strong rebuke to those that are false prophets. And said in Lamentations 2 and 14, Thy prophets have seen vain and foolish things for thee, and have not discovered thine iniquity. To turn away thy captivity, but have seen for thee false burdens and causes for banishment. Amen. Thank God for a true preacher. Declare unto Jacob his sin. Tell people where they're really at and where they're really living and have the divine eyes of God review and look at how it's recorded in his eternal word, amen, that God measures and how he feels, amen, about what they're doing and what is right and what is wrong and what is truth and what is lies. Come on, everybody. Hallelujah. God said you found that life, amen, resource in your hand. I've always loved the stories of survivalists. Amen. There's something that just picks up, piques an interest in me when I read of somebody that was in a shipwreck and there they were on that life raft. Amen. One day, one week, one month. They're starving. They're catching seagulls on the end. They're eating anything and everything they can. Amen. And it's just amazing. Amen. To hear the stories of that that will to live yeah. and to survive. Yeah. Amen. That's embedded. Amen. In the human heart and the human mind and the and, and the contrivances. So finally, a rain came and somebody put out a shirt or a blanket or something and tried to catch a pool of water. I mean, they just did everything that they could to push and to survive. Or somebody lost in the mountains there and there there in the cold night. They do anything they could. They put leaves over themselves. They burrow into the ground. They do whatever they could. They tried to find fish in the stream. They they tried to find in some way to kill an animal around. It was just I've got to live. I've got to live. I've got to live. Yeah. And that is a good thing, and it's a beautiful thing, and it's why the human life is still on this planet. Amen. It's because we have a will to live. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. But I don't want that. Amen. That is a gift from God's eternal life and His presence. Amen. To corrupt and turn me. Amen. When it comes time. 
when my heart and my way and my steps are surrounded, amen, by God that's trying to deal with me, God that's closing in, come on. Come on, it says in the Word of God that God has definitely determined the allotted periods of time, the fixed boundaries of the habitation of mankind, their settlements, their lands, their abodes. I'm telling you, God, amen, He begins to limit, He begins to draw in, amen, around a human being. Amen, it puts limits around a human being, amen, so they will somehow, by hope and by faith, turn to the last refuge, the Lord himself. Amen. The Bible says in Genesis 2 and 7, the Lord formed man out of the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And I'm telling you, that breath of life, amen, is still down in there. Amen. And it's like God. It's, it's a life that's going to live forever. We're going to live forever somewhere. I said we're going to live forever somewhere we're made in his image. I want to live forever in his presence with the greatest people of the ages that have loved God and served God and walked in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I want to be in the right, amen, eternal place. Come on, everybody. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That life force. And so the first, amen, curtailing, the first drawing in, so to speak, of the limitations of man and his wanderings and amen what he may do in this fantastic mind that's made in the image of god and in his lifestyle amen is that god said after the fall of adam and eve amen he was going to put amen a cherubims and a flaming sword that was going to guard the way to the tree of life because god said lest they partake of the fruit of the tree of life and live forever. God didn't want fallen man to live, amen, forever in a fallen state with no hope of redemption, no hope of turning to God, no hope of calling on his name. Come on, because they're alive anyway. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. You say, I don't know what was in those leaves, and I don't know what was in those fruits. Praise the Lord. But we see that tree of life reappearing in Revelation, the 22nd chapter. A river of water of life and the tree of life. Oh, thank God it's found again. Amen. But it's going to be for the redeemed and the nations of them that love him into that eternal city, the new Jerusalem. Can you say praise the Lord, everybody? Oh, thank God. God doesn't want us just to go on and on and on and on and on and live eternally. Amen. Without God, apart from God, that's not his divine loving plan. He made us for fellowship. He made us to be worshipers. He made us to be friends. Jesus said, henceforth, I don't call you servants, but I call you friends. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Back in the days before the flood of Noah. That was called the antediluvian or before the deluge world. And men and women at that time lived, amen, long, long, long lives. You can read, amen, Genesis in the beginning chapters there. And you read about men that lived 930 years like Adam did. Hello. You read about Methuselah, whose name means when he is gone, it, meaning the flood, shall be sent. 
He lived to be, amen, 969 years of age. Hello, everybody. And there's many in there that lived 800 years, 900 years. And the problem was, just hear me out. Hear me out, praise the Lord. The problem was, as God looks down and these people, it was not long after the fall and disease had not had, amen, it's rampant rain, amen, for that long of a time, amen, on the world that God made. Hello, everybody. Amen. So people had, amen, about a millennium of time, a thousand years almost, amen, to live because life was still fresh and disease was still young, amen, upon this planet. Hello. Amen. But the problem was that God would see that pre-flood man. Amen. And there's something about it. When people don't know God, sometimes the crustier, the angrier, the more evil, the more wicked. The Bible says evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse in this end time. Talking about a person's intellect and their imagination being polluted. Amen. At the time of the flood, God said that the imaginations of men's hearts and their thoughts were only evil continually. Amen. It was a situation. Amen. Where God looked down and after the first century of life, Amen. That individual was not softening, was not drawing closer, did not have an inkling, amen, of seeking God. It was just every day, live another day outside of God, outside of His love, outside of His will, outside of His friendship. Century two goes by. Amen. And God, amen, sees another century, another hundred year mark has gone by. And amen. And still they're farther away from me. Amen. That they were getting farther and farther and farther away from God with every amen century. Amen. That went by. So God said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. Amen. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. God reigned in on the extreme longevity of life that was wasted, 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 and made individuals more and more corrupt and anti-God. He reigned it in. It's going to be 120 years. That defining line is going to be there. You're going to have to find God in the days of your life. In the days that you're alive. Oh, I want to find God in this world, in this life, in my lifespan. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. The Amplified Version of Job 14 and 5 said, Since a man's days are already determined, and the number of his months is wholly in your control, and he can't pass, amen, the boundary of his allotted time. I want you to know God's got a measuring stick. God's got a measure wall. Amen. God's got limitations. God's got lines. Come on, allotted times. He's got fixtures. He's got boundaries. Amen. For every human soul alive. Amen. Not because he's a dictator, but because he loves you. And he wants to find him in the allotted days of your life. Amen, or how profitable you are in life. Amen, or how much wealth you have accumulated. 
that he brings in. The boundaries. Pastor brought it out. Teach us to number our days. Apply our hearts to wisdom. Moses mentioned, amen, that things are changing. And the days of our life and the years of our life, if they are about three score and ten, now it's narrowed down to 70 years. You see what happened here? It went from a thousand years to 120 years to 70 years. Better find God. Better be a sense of urgency. That sense of urgency wasn't there. If you were only 300, you're going to live to be 900. Hello. So God drew in. He allotted boundaries. He allotted fixtures of time. The longevity of a human life would normally last. We don't know how long that we have. Amen. It's 70 years. Amen. And by medicinal advancements and so on and so forth in America, I guess it's 78, 79 years old, as Pastor Apley brought out today. But we don't know how many years that we have left. Hello, everybody. Praise the Lord. As a matter of fact, there was a woman in one of the apostolic churches in the book of Revelation. Chapters 2 and 3 talk about seven different apostolic churches that were founded and were pastored by none other than John the Apostle, John the Revelator. Amen. And in one of these churches, there was a woman by the name of Jezebel. And God said, amen, to the Apostle John, and we have it for all history in the Word, amen, that this Jezebel had seduced his servants to commit idolatry and adultery, and I'm going to cast her and those with her, amen, into great tribulation, except she repent. And God says to the next person, I gave Jezebel space to repent. So now we get inside of 70 years. When the time clock, when the eternal time clock is clicking and God knows your life, he can shorten it far more. And you just have a space of time. And nobody knows that space. Pastor doesn't know that space. Your wife or husband doesn't know that space of time. But Jezebel was given a space of time, just a margin of time. That may have been two days, it may have been a week, it may have been a month, it may have been a year. Amen. I don't know. God is great and God is merciful. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But God's got the other set of things on the balance of things that he has to worry about. How many lives are going to be touched and destroyed? Amen. By the rampage of those sold out to evil. Hello. So he's got to bring things in. I gave her a space to repent. And she repented not. Amen. I know a young man's great preacher, and in his young adulthood, and I'm almost done, but he uh, was with some friends. They were heavy and dope, all of them. And um, one of the friends told the other friends where that there was a bunch of food that they could get, free candy bars and snacks. And hot dogs and all that in a snack bar in the middle of a, of a city park. And so they had uh, made it rain, dressed up in black, I guess, and just snuck around and even tried to find entrance into that 
park snack shack. It was, it was two or three in the morning, couldn't get in. Someone noticed that there was a chimney on top there. So, amen, this gentleman that I know, he crawled up on that roof and, amen, began to ease himself, amen, down into that chimney because it looked wide enough and looked like it was just a straight drop into the heaven of every kind of candy bar and cupcake, amen, and cold hot dog they could get. But he dropped down, and he didn't know the architecture of the place because the flume, amen, of the chimney narrowed and had a hook in it. Hello? <clears throat> he got stuck. While he was down there, just moments after he was down there, the lights of patrol cars, amen, people heard noise and saw people scampering, amen, around in the park there. They began to put their, their uh, searchlights all over and his other friends scattered. They all left. Amen, didn't want to get busted. And here he was and he tried to get up and he couldn't go up and he tried to get down and he couldn't go down. You know, God will get you into a place in life. Amen, where you are in the screen. I'm not exaggerating. And in the natural, those are terrible times. Those are uncomfortable times. Those are awful, awful, awful times. And finally, after about 30 minutes or 45 minutes, he was too scared to crawl out because he heard by this time police footsteps and flashlights and he probably saw beams coming over the chimney there as he looked up and he got the idea that the cops were out looking all around so he kept mousy mousy quiet. But after a certain amount of time, he got so desperate and so fearful that he began to scream. And by this time, the police were gone and uh, you know, he just screaming out into the open air and began to yell some more and his horse, his throat got hoarser and hoarser and hoarser. Of course, the soot in the chimney there did not help at all. And finally, he got down to just a croaking. <laughs> Nobody was there to hear him. And he got in that squeeze. And you know what the right thing happened? He said, God, if you'll get me out of this, I'll go to church. I'll serve the Lord. I'll live for you. I think he had praying family somewhere out there. Keep praying for your loved ones. Keep praying for your children. Keep praying for your husbands, your wives, your parents, your uncles and aunts, your brothers and sisters. Keep praying. Praise God. God knows how to put the screws on them. Hallelujah. Finally, amen. Amen. He's, he's crying out. He couldn't talk no more. Amen. He looked up. He was weak. He was desperate. He saw the light changing from the little hole of the chimney above. And amen. It was morning time and the workers for the snack shack were, were getting there. And amen. This lady comes in there and she notices amen in the fireplace there all this soot, new soot come down and she looked up and saw some feet dangling there. <laughs> He knows how to get you in. He knows how to get you out. Praise God. Well, they got the fire department in there. Make a long story short. He got out and he was true to his word. Amen. He came to the house of God. He asked God to have mercy on him. He got baptized in Jesus' name. He got the Holy Ghost. He's one of the greatest preachers in the world today. Praise the Lord, everybody. I'm telling you what God, amen, is after you. Praise the Lord. 
of your hand. I'll just figure out another way. Right. Come on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I was once a small person, and I was a sinner as a small person. Now, I mean, you, you draw the conclusions that you've got to be big to be apostolic. <laughs> but I was a druggie, and I was in my 14, 15s, and 16s. Biggest druggie in my high school of 2000, Palo Alto. And uh, I thank God God began to deal with me. I won't go into my entire testimony at all, but I'll just say this, that while I was on a camping trip with a friend of mine in an illegal beach, was actually a game preserve, a five-mile coastline above Santa Cruz and an El Nuevo lighthouse somewhere in there, a preserve for walruses and pelicans. We were the only ones there that shimmied our way down a 300-foot cliff off the side of the Highway 1. And... Uh, about the second day there, I found a bottle that was in the end of the surf, and I picked, that was green, had a, had a cork in the top of it, and there was a note inside of it, and I dug it out with the tweezers of my knife, and it said, Great is the Lord, and great did he be praised. His mercy endures to all generations. I thought, you know, by this time I was off drugs, I was into transcendental meditation, I was into yoga, amen, I turned over another leaf, I used to be involved in Timothy Leary and trying to get a hold of that white light experience through hallucinogenics. Amen. I was just going from one God to another God. From one falsehood to another falsehood. Hello? Weary in the greatness of my way. Hello? I found this bottle. And I thought, man, this is, this is neat. This is neat. And our fifth night there, the tent was pitched in a shale cliffs above the surf, about 12 feet. And God gave me a dream. And he showed me in the dream that the devil was my father. I won't go into all of that, but I, I remember in the dream I yelled out, Father, when I realized who had been leading me and guiding me into all the things that I'd been involved in and got involved in in life. And then I woke up. And I tried to, because I'd had bad experiences on hot drugs before. I had had nightmares. And I had had bad trips. And I, I wasn't on drugs, but I tried to try to, to rationalize and put this all into reasoning, amen, of what this was. Because I was absolutely terrified. My friend was still asleep. His laboratory retriever was at the, our feet at the edge of the tent there. And I was terrified beyond words. I felt terror and fear like I had never felt before in my life. But I thought, well, I, just, I guess I'll just try to do a little better. Uh, try to, amen, not uh, do this and not do that. And so I closed my eyes, amen. And in my mind, Pastor, amen, there was a vision 
of those men that I saw at that table, amen, that began to mock me and horns of fire began to come up from their heads, amen, they began to hideously mock me when I said we've got to do something about all this evil that's around here, amen, they stood up and laughed at me and laughed at me and I saw that vision again and I cried out, God, would you help me? I was a sinner that didn't know him, that didn't go to church. But God, would you help me? And I felt the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ for the first time in my young wicked life. I felt the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. I got up in the morning. You can stand with me right now. I'll give you some hope. Amen. And the ocean looked bluer. The grass looked greener. And the sky looked bluer. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Because God had brought me to that place, hallelujah, where he just squeezed and got that space of time really pushed together. Amen. So I called on him, which is what he was wanting all the time. And he said, amen, that men might happily seek the Lord and feel after him, though he be not far from any one of us, Paul preached. Listen, friend, God's right there. He's right there around your life. He's right there around your heart. And I guess it'd be nice if I told you as a friend, you got a long lifespan ahead of you. You can just take your ease and take your time. You're young, amen. You're granted at least 70 years, 78 years. But the thing is, I don't know the allotments of time. I don't know the boundaries. I don't know whom upon God has granted a space of time to make an eternal decision. There's some stuff that God just gets fed up with. God said, my spirit shall not always strive with man for his flesh. Amen. Oh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There comes a time when God's loving kindness and his power and his hands are upon your life. Oh, hallelujah. He just wants you. He just wants me to say, here I am, God. Would you help me, Lord? There ain't nobody or nothing that can really save me or deliver me besides you. I'm going to ask as a friend of the church, I'm going to ask everybody just to come to the front. We're going to just raise our hands to the Lord and love Him. Amen. I want everybody just to come to the front right now. Here we are, Lord. Here I am, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I need you, Lord. God's a God that knows how. Because he loves us. To get us to reach out. To get us to call on his name. I want you to do that right now. Would you call on his name? You're right here. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I need you, Lord. 
Go, go, go!